from St. John's Gospel, the 19th chapter, verse 20. And Jesus said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Dear family and friends of First Lutheran Church, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, the Crucified One, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It is finished. What is Jesus saying to us on this day that we have come to call Good Friday? This day when all mortal flesh is put to silence. It is finished. I think it's helpful here for us to remember that the English word end has a double meaning. First, it can mean completion. That's it. Or something ceases to be. Or it can mean the inner aim or the purpose or goal of something. And so to illustrate the first meaning of the end, we can think of Michelangelo's words as he put his final brushstroke to the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Letting out a great sigh of relief, he's reported to have said, it is finished. In other words, this is what I had in mind. It's done, completed. However, the words, it is finished, that come from Jesus on the cross mean something quite different. As in the second meaning of the word, and. For in Jesus' mouth, in his death, it is finished means consummation. It means fulfillment, perfection. These words mean life, his life, and therefore yours. Brought to fulfillment. Just before the crucifixion, Pilate said to Jesus, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, how? Jesus said, for this purpose or goal, I was born and for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And so now from the cross, Jesus declares that he has done just that. He's borne witness to the truth to the very end, creating eternal life even out of death. Therefore, Jesus' words are the crossing point in God's great story of salvation from the very first words at the beginning of creation to the very last words of the Bible, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The first Adam, breathe in. The second Adam, breathe out. It is finished. 
And yet it's not over. The cross is behind us, but now leads the way into the future. Now, if we're dead honest, we all should be asking some very pointed questions here like, if God's work of salvation is finished upon the cross of Jesus, then why wasn't the drama ended then and there? What has God been waiting for these past 2,000 years? Why is there still so much evil and suffering in the world? And what's with this COVID-19 pandemic? We just heard this cry from the psalmist in Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And all is silent beneath the cross of Jesus. Now, St. Paul would counsel us here that we live between Christ's first and second touch, his crucifixion and his coming kingdom. Therefore, Jesus' words, it is finished, does not mean that suffering and loss and the river of tears are things of the past. Rather, it means that such suffering and loss do not have the last word. It means that God's divine love stretched out on the cross of Jesus has the last word. The one who's the Lamb of God, the one who's taken away the sin of the world, the one who's always with us and for us. The psalmist foretold this truth when he witnesses, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for thou art with me. In the middle of his life, the American novelist Peter DeVries wrote this book, The Blood of the Lamb, which is quite honestly a novel that journals his own desperate search for a renewal of faith in the face of his 11-year-old daughter, Carol's death from leukemia. At the Children's Pavilion in New York's Westminster Hospital, the main character, Don Wonderhope, gets to know other parents through similar trials, including the jaded Mr. Stein, who announces, the future is a thing of the past. Now, the words stick with Mr. Wonderhope even though reassuring doctors talk about new drugs, remissions, promising research. And on his visits to the hospital, Wanderhope stops by the Church of St. Catherine to pull himself together and to pray. However, Stein, whose daughter Rachel is also dying, despises religion and would never go with Wanderhope. DeVries characterizes Stein in these words. What you were up against in Stein was not rampant logic, but frustrated faith. He was not so much intellect as much as a crock of soured emotions. And then he adds, I liked him. <laughs> if God exists, then Stein said he couldn't forgive God for such a mess in the world, brutally honest. 
Day after day, week after week, Wander Hope's little girl Carol hovers on the edge of life until at last the day comes when the news is good. The bone marrow report is down to 6%, practically normal. Carol's in remission and is told she can go home. And the next day, Wanderhope buys a cake and stops by St. Catherine's Cathedral that's just across the street from the hospital. He offers a prayer of thanksgiving, but then he meets Carol's night nurse at the altar rail who tells him that an infection is going through the children's ward like wildfire. Forgetting the cake at the altar, Wanderhope runs across the street to the hospital. And after taking one look at his daughter, realizes it's time to say goodbye. He prays. He touches the stigmata one by one, the prints of all the needles, the wounds of being pricked and prodded. He holds her precious face and kisses her cheek, sobbing, Oh, my little lamb. Later in the middle of the afternoon, Carol dies. Don Wanderhope looks at the clock. The time children would be leaving school and coming home. It was three in the afternoon. Then he remembered the cake he'd left at the church. He staggers with grief back to the altar at St. Catherine's Cathedral. And then upon walking out, he looks up at a crucifix over the main church doors, arms spread wide among the sooted stones and strutting doves, and then DeVries. His voice speaks through wander hopes. I took the cake out of the box and balanced it for a moment on the palm of my hand. Then my arm drew back and let fly with all the strength within me. It was a miracle that the cake should reach its target at all at the height from the sidewalk, the more so that it should land squarely just beneath the crown of thorns. Then through scalded eyes I seemed to see the hands free themselves of the nails and move slowly toward the soiled face. Very slowly, with deliberate patience, the icing was wiped from the eyes clumps falling to the ground. Then the cheeks were wiped down with the same sense of grace and even a gentle ritual, with all the gentle kinds of sobriety of one whose voice could be heard saying, Suffer the little children. Come unto me, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Now, DeVries doesn't tell the reader whether the hands on the cross, having wiped away the cake, were then stretched out once more, or whether the crucified one repositioned himself to be hit yet again and again. But I think that's what happened. Standing by the bedside of his deceased daughter, Wanderhope cries, Oh, my little lamb. And his cry is taken up in the sacrifice of his last supper. This is my body for you. This reality, this Christ's flesh continues to reach out to you each time you come 
and receive his holy supper. As Jesus proclaims in John chapter 12, for this purpose I have come to this hour, this end. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the ruler of this world be cast out, and when I am lifted up from the earth will draw all people with myself. And then Jesus said, it is finished. He who knew no sin took upon himself the sin and death of our ashen lives, thus joining himself to the desolation of pilgrims beyond number who still struggle with the dreaded news of terminal illness, victims of war and genocide, abuse and abandonment, the coronavirus, depression and addiction, those whose only sounds are those of shuffling, slippered feet. Whatever their crucifixion, Christ knows our sorrows. Christ has been there. Christ is there wherever two or three our suffering his, his victory ours. Christ has put an end to the end. He has opened to us the gift of his saving grace unto eternal life. O Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. Dona nobis pacem. Grant us peace. Finally, family and friends of First Lutheran, it is finished. God in Christ has done what we could not and cannot do. In fact, hell is where our work is never done. And thus, because we could not climb up to God, God has come down to us, come on our level, a level plane was born in a manger, despised and forsaken, even going to the lengths of a cross for us. From cradle to cross. Yes, in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, remember, Christ is with us. Christ is for us, loving us even into his death, a perfect love that casts out all fear. Yes, God has finished and fulfilled what God began. It is finished. What now is to be done by us? Nothing. What are we supposed to do for God before nightfall? Nothing. Did we miss his words? It is finished. The war is won. The debt is paid. It is finished. Thanks be to God. Amen.